Hey, thanks so much for listening to Sandals Church. Our vision as a church is to be real with ourselves, God, and others. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, Sandals Church, welcome today to a very, very special message. Uh, we're gonna do things a little different today. And so if you love it, this was my idea. And if you hate it, it was Fredo. So, so, so just know that we're gonna talk about grace today. And I think grace is always easy in theory, but it's hard to practice in relationship. And that's why we're gonna preach from relationship to your relationships. Look, we're living in an age where we have fallen from grace. Now, if you're not a Christian, I love you, but you don't know what grace is because you haven't received grace. When I was a kid, I had an aunt. Her name was Aunt Grace, and she died. And when we used to pray, my mom would say, let's say grace. And I'd say, we can't pray. We can't say grace. Grace is dead, mom. <laughs> Let me tell you something. For some of us, grace is dead, okay? And we're not talking about my Aunt Grace. She's in heaven with the Lord Jesus, and I want you to be in heaven with the Lord Jesus. But I don't want you to let grace die around your dinner table. I don't want you to let grace die in your home. I don't want you to let grace die in your workplace. And what we're seeing right now is we're seeing in the church, Christians falling from grace. And so I wanna to talk today about how to discover God's grace, listen to this, in an age of rage. We're all offended, we're all upset, and I just wanna be honest with you, I'm so exhausted by people's emotions, by people's ideologies. I, you know, I just, I just want us, to, let's just figure out a way to get along. And let me tell you something, the way we do that in church is we don't have to agree about everything. We have to have grace in our disagreements. And I want you to know this is not a new problem. It's not a new problem. We have always struggled giving grace to each other. And that's why we have the entire New Testament, because we can't just get along. You know, one of my favorite negative comments about my book, and if you wrote this, God bless you, I love you, I'm giving you grace, <laughs> is just read the Bible. Just read the Bible. That's all we need to do. And if that is true, we wouldn't have the epistles. The Apostle Paul wouldn't have to write a letter because if people could just read the Bible and get along, we'd all be good. But we need grace. We need God's grace. And so the Apostle Paul writes a letter to two groups of people, wait for it, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and they can't get along. And one group is worse to the other group. And it's the people that have grown up Jewish. And what they're saying is to follow Jesus, you have to be Jewish. And they don't want this other ethnic group in. They don't want anything but Jewish nationalism in. And some of the same things we're seeing today in the church on the left or on the right and we can't be left and we can't be right. We have to rise above because God's called us to something different. And the Apostle Paul writes this letter. And so for those of you who don't know your Bibles, this is the earliest letter of any of the writings in the New Testament. Because Paul's like, man, you guys gotta shut up. I gotta write this to you right now. And so grace is the first emergency in the church. Galatians 5 chapter one and verses four through six. This is out of the, out of the, out of the NIV, man. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So stand firm then, listen, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do you know why so many of you are exhausted? Because you have made yourself once again 
a slave to something else besides Jesus. When you become a slave to Jesus, he sets you free. When you become a slave to anything else, it burdens you and weighs you down. He says, you who are trying to be justified by the law, you have been alienated from Christ. You see, when I try to earn it, when I try to do it, I fall away from grace. This is the scariest verse in the Bible. He says, you have fallen away from grace. Why would you ever wanna do that? Why would you ever want to experience that? And yet we do it every day. He says, you've fallen away from grace. For through the spirit, we eagerly await by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. Let me tell you something, you're not as good as you think you are. We're waiting for it. We're waiting for it. For in Christ Jesus, there is neither circumcision or uncircumcision. If Paul was writing today, he would say there isn't vaccinated or unvaccinated. There aren't masks and not masks, right? It's not liberal and it's not conservative. It's about Jesus is what Paul would say. And yet we're constantly looking for who's in, who's out. Are you left enough or are you right enough? Let me tell you something, only Jesus is enough. And we need to look to him. He says, the only thing that counts, listen to this, is faith. What you believe, listen to this, expressing itself. Through what? Through your opinions on Facebook? <laughs> through your social activation? No, no, through love. Through love. The only thing that counts is through love. And Pastor Fredo is gonna tell us what grace is and why it's so important. So if our concern is falling from grace, we need to first ask, what is grace? In the Greek, the word is charis or charis, and oftentimes it's translated as unmerited favor. But when you plug that definition into the way that we talk regularly, like, man, God, give me grace. God, give me unmerited favor. That doesn't always translate to how we're feeling. Or when you say, man, I need grace, or if uh, someone confesses a, a difficult sin or something they're working through in life and you say, it's okay, there's, there's grace for you. Unmerited favor kind of loses, I think, its force and its weight. And so I think a better working definition for us is this, that grace is the over-the-top, raw, undeserved, immeasurable, favored blessing of God given through Jesus, rushing into every area of our lives and the empowering presence of God to become who he has called us to be. That is church. I'm sorry, that is grace, church. And that is what we need. And Paul is saying that is what the, the Galatians were in danger of falling from. Because any time you and I tried to add anything to grace, we lose everything about grace. And for Galatians, for those in the church, as Pastor Matt shared, they were trying to add Jewish tradition as a way to give themselves a better standing with God and push out other people who wouldn't follow the same kind of thing. They were creating this problem for themselves. And here, here's why grace is so important. The first thing is because grace is why we have a relationship with God to begin with. Ephesians 2, Paul says this, for it is by grace, that's the mechanism now, that you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. Galatians, this is not because you are trying to justify yourself through the law. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Grace is why we have a relationship with God. 
the, the beauty and difference of Christianity is that we have not pursued God, but that he has pursued us. And that he has initiated this before we even found him. His first disposition towards us is, is one of grace. It's grace. It's always been that. We would also say that grace is how we maintain a relationship with God. In other words, grace saves you in the beginning and it keeps you until the very end. It's always been grace. No one at the end of their life is going to say, man, I, I did this on my own. Yeah. Who's going to talk like that? Who, who's going to enter into the other side of eternity with the attitude that they made it? That shouldn't be us. It's always been grace. Everything that you and I stand to enjoy today, it's a gift. It's undeserved. It's unearned. And there is within all of us this, this natural human tendency to believe that God owes us a better life. Even, even this week, Pastor Matt, preparing for this message, there, there were moments in my day, I, I may not say it out loud, but in my heart, I believe that the root of my irritation and daily frustration sometimes is because I think God owes me better. But if I once again return to this idea that, man, all of it is a gift, all of it is a gift. But I think for some of us today, man, that, that seed of entitlement has choked out your ability just to breathe in and receive grace today. You are who you are by the grace of God and, and nothing else. The, the summation of your life is grace. Not only that, grace is also what we need for every real relationship. Every real relationship needs grace. Think, think about this for a moment. You, you and I don't have a meaningful relationship in our lives that doesn't require us to have grace. In fact, if there's any friendship or, or family relationship you have and it doesn't require any level of grace, it's probably a shallow one. But the life-changing relationships, the, the ones that really shape us and form us and are deep and are meaningful are ones that have called out of us a kind of grace. And this is what Paul says. Listen to what he writes to the church in Colossians. He says there in chapter three, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. We're holy and beloved. Put on this, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Now, what's so fascinating about this passage is the same word there for forgiving one another, charismai, is the same Greek word for grace. And so Paul is saying in the act of forgiving, you are gracing someone. And you are gracing someone, why? Because you have been graced by God. We receive grace and it changes us in such a way that we become people who can give it out as well. Now, remember, he's writing this to Christians. And so the, the, the fact that he has to say, put on this, implies that our relationships will be messy. If he has to remind us that we are chosen and we're holy and we're beloved by God, but you need to put something on every day in the same way that you put on clothes, this is something we have to intentionally practice. We have to intentionally practice being compassionate, gracious, forgiving one another. 
Now, if that's what grace is and why it's so important, then Pastor Matt's going to help us understand what the signs are then if we have fallen from grace. Amen, brother. I'm coming in hot. That's right. Manfredo was preaching, man. There was some of that stuff I know I needed to hear, and there's some of that that you need to hear. But how do I know when I've fallen from grace? Okay? When you fall physically, you know, help. You know, I need somebody to help me get up. Some of you have a little beeper at home right now to help you get up. We need a little grace beeper, amen? Like, I've fallen. Some of us, we just need to set it off for others. You fell. You fell. You don't know it, but you fell. But let me tell you how I know when I've fallen from grace. I have fallen from grace when I think I'm better than I am. Fredo talked about thinking about, you know, he deserves more. Sometimes I just think I'm better than the rest of you. And I'm not. I've met some of you. And I'm like, I'm never going to be that good. But some of you I've met and I'm like, yeah, I'm probably a little better. I mean, our vision is to be real. But I'm not as good as I think I am. When I'm offended with my wife, it's because I'm like, oh, how dare you? When I'm offended towards my children, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so much better than you at your age. And my parents are like. <laughs> I mean, some of you who judge this generation, you just can't remember what you were like. You forgot. And you need to call mom and dad because they remember. And you're like, this generation. What about your generation? Oh, by the way, who raised this generation? Ooh, somebody's preaching. 1 Corinthians 15, 10 says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Well, I just was raised with a work ethic. Well, praise God. It was grace that gave you parents that raised you with, with a work worth ethic. But thank God you had a mom and dad that said, no, 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 you're gonna do your homework. You're gonna go to school. Thank God you had a mom and dad that cared about what neighborhood you grew up in. You see, not everybody gets to pick their neighborhood. And we need to have grace for people who've been raised without a mom, without a dad. Man, this week I prayed with a, a single mom at the gym. She works seven days a week and she's crying and she's saying, Pastor, I can't afford gas. She said, there are no more days left in the week for me to work. Remember that when you're all irritated about your amazing job, that sometimes you get to telecommute. She doesn't get to telecommute. She has to drive every day to pay the bills. And now she can't afford to drive to work. You've been blessed. You've been blessed. It is by grace that I am what I am. Everything that God's given me, Sandals Church, my wife, my family, my friends, it's all grace. It's all grace. We live in it every day. He says this, it was grace. His grace to me was not without effect. You see, grace actually affects us. It changes us. And if you've not been changed by grace, listen to me, I love you, maybe you've not received grace. Maybe the reason you can't give it to anybody else is you've never gotten it from Jesus. You see, Paul had grace. Now he says, I've worked harder than all of them, but how did he do this? He says, not yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Is God's grace changing you, energizing you, driving you? Let me tell you, grace doesn't drive Fox News. Grace doesn't drive CNN. Grace certainly does not drive Twitter. I'm pretty sure that's the devil. 
Grace is supposed to drive you. It's supposed to awaken you to the truth of God. So I know, I know for me that I am falling from grace when I think I'm better than I am. And some of you are like, yeah, my poop don't stink. That's COVID. Okay, you got COVID. Go to the doctor. It stinks. It stinks. You're like, no, it smells. Your stuff don't stink. It, it stinks. And you need to realize that. And some of you are unleashing that on all of us because you've fallen from grace. Next, I know that when I've fallen from grace, when I hold on to my opinions and listen to me and I let go of relationships. Some of you, you aren't gonna be at Thanksgiving dinner this year with family, friends, and church members because you care more about your opinion than you care about them. Let me tell you something. God cares more about you than his opinions. He cares about you. And I, I can prove it to you. It's called the cross. He knows you stink. He knows you're awful, but he loves you anyways. And he did everything he could to reach you. And the least you could do is have a little grace for people. But some of you, man, all you wanna do is pontificate. You're not the Pope. Stop. You don't get the little hat. You don't have the cute robe. Stop. Just stop. Romans 14.1 says this, as the, for the one who is weak, well, I'm gonna show them where they're weak. I'm gonna set them straight. I mean, they said something stupid, so I'm gonna post back. No, no, no. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Welcome him. Well, pastor, they're foolish and stupid. Yeah, that's why there's room for you. <laughs> welcome them. But not to quarrel over what? Opinions. Opinions. And that's the thing is, man, we wanna talk about everything. We wanna talk about politics. We wanna talk about race. We wanna talk about gender inequality. We wanna talk about all these things. When's the last time you talked about sharing your faith? When's the last time you shared your faith? You don't, but you share your opinions. And all your opinion's gonna do is tick somebody off. You know what sharing the gospel is gonna do? Save somebody's soul. When we fall from grace, we fall away from friends. Man, I've lost good friends the last two years. Good friends. And you know why we've, we've, we've fallen away? It's not because of God's word. It was because of our words. We fell from grace. Man, family members, Thanksgiving's coming, whether you like it or not. I saw the turkeys in the grocery store this weekend. <laughs> it's coming. And you know you got that whacked out family member that's gonna give you their opinions. You know they're coming. They're coming and they're bringing their stupid opinions. Are you gonna bring your grace? You just, some of you need to have a suitcase. They say, what's that? That's grace. It has to go with me everywhere I go. And you just put it right next to you at the table as you sit down. But some of you, you're this close to leaving Sandals Church. And do you know why that is? It's not because I've become heretical. It's because you've fallen from grace. And you, you wanna blame me. But the reality is you have fallen from grace. And that's what happened in Galatians. Oh, these guys can't be in because these Jewish people, listen to me, my conservative friends, they wanted to conserve their Jewish identity. And we got these liberal wacko Gentiles trying to come in here. Can't have that. But that's exactly what God wanted to have, them. And oh, by the way, you're both saved by grace. So knock it off. So you've fallen from grace. Some of you, you don't have any friends left. How's that working? 
Your own family doesn't want you around. How's that working? And now there's no church good enough for you. How's that working? And oh, by the way, that church you fantasize about, when you go there, there are going to be knuckleheads there too. <laughs> Lastly, when I would rather be right than reach another person. Some of you, you just, you just want to win the argument. Listen to me. As your pastor, I want to win souls to the kingdom of Jesus. Paul says to the weak, I became weak. Because he didn't have opinions? Because he didn't have thoughts? No, no, no. That I might win against the weak. He says that I might win the weak. He says I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save, listen to this, some. Some. And why does he do it? I do it for the sake of the gospel. Listen to me, Sandals Church. Some of you care more about winning elections than you care about winning the elect. And the elect is God's focus. Elections are your focus. And let me just tell you this. We don't change people's hearts by changing laws. That's what Galatians is all about. Laws don't change behavior. The spirit of God changes behavior. The gospel changes behavior. The gospel changes communities. And look at what's happening to our nation. The further we get from God, the closer we're getting to chaos. So Paul wants to share the gospel so that he may share with them in its blessings. Can I just tell you that I've been blessed by God? I've been blessed by God. I love this church. I love these people. But the last two years has been hard. And I know some of you, you're, you're so concerned because I don't say the things you want to hear. Listen to me. I am conservative in my theology. I am liberal with God's grace. And let me just tell you something. That's who I think Jesus was. There's no more conservative teacher than Jesus. I mean, he's the one who said, man, if you just look at somebody with lust, you're an adulterer. I mean, I could have done without that teaching, amen? <laughs> I'd be like, Lord, that, that sermon was hard. I thought I was doing good on adultery. And now I'm, I'm not. But then he looked at us as adulterers and he said, come to me. Come to me. He told a woman who'd been married four times and was living with the fifth man that would marry her. He said, I have water that will make you never thirst again. You see, he was truth, truthful about his theology, but he was gracious in his invitation to her to change. Pastor Fredo is gonna keep preaching to us and I want you to keep listening because this is good stuff. The last sign for us to consider that we have probably fallen from grace is when I cannot forgive and move on. When you can't forgive. We've been talking about some of the hard sayings of Jesus. I think another one was when he tells us that if we cannot forgive others, my father in heaven will not forgive you. Does that stand true of any of us today? And I think at the root of that is you and I tend to treat people based on how we think God has treated us. That's the bottom line, how we function every day as people. The way that you view God and how he's treated you will definitely impact the way that you treat people. And over the last several years, I've just been wrestling with this in my, in my own life, realizing that some of like my, my own anger with people is that at a subconscious level, deep in my soul, I'm still convinced 
that God is angry with me. The, re the reason why I'm so short and, and easily irritated is because I still function deep in my, my being of who I am as if God is bothered by me. I still have work to do in, in receiving the compassionate, never-ending love of God for me so that it can release me to become a kind of person who can forgive other people. This is, I think, what bothered Jonah so much. You guys know that story well. The end of the book of Jonah, the fourth chapter, he's cursing the tree, pouting on the ground, and he's in this conversation with God. And the reason, we discover the reason why he wouldn't go to Nineveh, why he wouldn't go to these people who were awful human beings. He says, because I knew you would be compassionate to them. <laughs> I knew you would be a God of grace. How many of us have that attitude towards people on the other side? that you're bothered by the, the idea that, man, just for a second, maybe God would pour out his raw, immeasurable love and blessing on someone. Because I want you guys right now, in, in this moment, to imagine that person. Put, put a name and a face to him. Who is it on the other side? Who is it in your life, whether it's at work or maybe even in your family, where just the very thought of God being gracious to them irritates you. How would you react if the person you can't stand on the other end of the aisle is receiving the favored blessing of God, pouring out into every area of your life? We have fallen from grace if it bothers us that our enemies receive grace. We gotta wrestle with that. We gotta be able to forgive and move, move on. It's what the kingdom looks like. It's what, it, it's what it's like for you and I to be invited in. And here's how I think we can keep from falling from grace. Real simple. You need to ask Jesus for his grace. Listen to this invitation here from Hebrews 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Listen, listen to that description of the place of power in the universe where Jesus rules and reigns and just enjoys what he's doing as Lord over the universe. It's a throne of grace. It's a throne of grace, you guys. Not just of power and majesty, but of grace. And he invites us in that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Throne of grace, draw near. In a church like this, maybe some of you, for the first time, you just need to ask God for grace. Jesus, give me grace right now. May, may your life, death, and resurrection change me because you're gracious to me. Have you ever asked for his grace? Have you ever thought about that? Well, I'm undeserving. Exactly. <laughs> I'm unworthy. That's the point. Well, you don't know the week I've had. You're the best candidate for it. This is exactly the way that God works. He died for his enemies. And he then beat death to make his enemies his family. So that the good news of the kingdom is that enemies now become brothers and sisters to the Lord Jesus. Children of God inviting people into this experience. Listen to the last words written in scripture. This is from Revelation 22. Listen carefully. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. 
Man, maybe the last words of scripture need to become the first words that you say after this message. Jesus, give me grace. Give me grace. And I think from that kind of place, we can move into a relationship with the Lord that you're able to hold on to him and in the similar way, release and let go of bitterness in your life. Notice also found in Hebrews, this verse. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That's what we're laboring hard up here right now to do. That none of us fail to obtain the grace of God. Notice this now. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. What a picture for those who allow bitterness to overtake their lives. You see, when you and I are full of bitterness, we have no room for grace. We've fallen from grace. But I wanna, I wanna tease that out just a little bit for us because I think there, there, there's a thing where bitterness is kind of rooted or located in a few places. One of them, I think, is when you and I are confronted by someone and they call something out in us that we are uncomfortable with. Right? There's, there's, the, the Bible says that we are whole people made up of a lot of parts. We got good parts. Some of us got bad parts. Some of us got ugly parts, right? But we are a whole self. And when we bring our whole self to God, his desire is that his love and his grace rushes into every part of who we are. But we still have trouble though admitting some of those bad parts. So that when we hear from someone who calls us out on those bad parts, we get real defensive. We get real critical. We get triggered real fast. Because why? We have failed to admit those parts to ourselves and to God. And to allow those parts of who we are to be exposed to his grace but we need, to, we need to open ourselves up to that. I mean, I, I think about it like this. If, if any of you guys came up to me after this message and said, listen, Pete Matt did a great job. <laughs> you on the other hand, you were okay. Now, part of me would get a little triggered by that, but at the same time, it's okay. Because you know how freeing it is to not always have to be right? <laughs> Do you know how good of a life we're invited to live when we don't have to be God? It is such a blessing to not always have to be on. It's a gift. And so anytime someone gives us feedback or someone from the other side says something about us, that's an invitation to grow, to learn, to examine. Why? Because that part of you has already been exposed to the grace of God and you can release it. You can let go of the bitterness that festers. You don't always have to be right. That's freeing. That's a gift for us to live from. But the second place where I think where, where bitterness finds its home in our lives is, man, in, in our world today, the, the outrage that we see, the anger, the hostility that actually causes us to just struggle to give grace to people is ultimately driven and fueled by pain. People today who are outraged and angry are people who are in pain. They're in pain, they're hurting. And, and there is a temptation to think that if they can't find something to be mad at, they're gonna have to finally deal with their pain. And so as we seek to keep from falling from grace and receiving it for ourselves, imagine for just a moment that the person that is so bothered by you and you're so bothered by them that they're actually just hurting. They're hurting. And the invitation for us is to extend a hand beyond the rage and meet someone with grace. 
with over-the-top, raw, undeserving blessing from God through small ways. And as that begins to happen, as you and I experience grace and release bitterness, we're going to be able to do a few things that Pastor Matt's going to share on. That was good. That was almost too good. (laughs) Number three, I want you to think about this. How do I keep from falling from grace? It's going to happen. It may happen today. It may happen on the way home from church or, or, or the moment you close your laptop. You might be screaming at somebody right now, I'm learning about grace. (laughs) I wanna challenge you. Look for opportunities to love people that you disagree with. Who do you disagree with? I know you got a list. Some of you are like, I disagree with you, pastor. Well then love me, (laughs) give me grace. I'll be your example. Look for people to love that you disagree with. Paul writes this to the Galatians. Galatians 3.1, oh, you foolish Galatians. Who bewitched you? Who bewitched you? That word in the Greek means who has cast a spell on you? You've lost your minds. You've lost your minds. Look at our culture. There is a spell of bewitchment over America. We've lost our minds. This week, can I challenge you? Some of you care more about Kyle Rittenhouse than your house. And I was thinking about this this week. As I was watching the news, I'm trapped just like you are in this crazy world in which we live, where every single crime now seems to speak to the entire environment in which we live. Even though I don't even know where Kenosha is. (laughs) If I've been there, I don't know that I was there. But here's the thing, dads, I was asking this question. Some of you dads, you're all upset about what's happening to him. And I was asking myself this question this week. I've heard from his mother, I have heard nothing from his father. Does he exist? I don't know. Let me ask you something, dads. Do you know what your kids are doing today? Some of you are more passionate about some kid on the news that you'll never meet and you'll never know than your own son at home who needs you. Well, he's just from a different generation and I don't get him. And that's what every generation says to the one that comes after it. Would you care more about your house than somebody else's house? I don't know if some of you know this, but there's there's a jury. That's their burden, it's not yours. And I thank God I'm not on the jury. I don't even like jury duty, amen? let me tell you something. We need to look for opportunities to love people that we disagree with. I was sitting between two pastors this week, man. One's very liberal and one's very conservative. And they just started arguing with each other. But here's the beautiful thing. At the end, they hugged, even though they disagree. And here's why, because they love each other and they both love Jesus. Man, I got to tell you, this week, man, I, you know, I, I would never preach on patience or grace. Never do it. Because the Lord will be like, I think you need some illustrations, Pastor Matt. <laughs> but I, I came home literally after working with Fredo, writing this message. And it wasn't you, Fredo. Fredo was great. But I was so mad. I was so mad and angry at some Christians in my life. Can I get an amen? 
I came home, my wife had a beautiful dinner ready for me. I said, I can't even eat it. I gotta go to the gym. She says, why is that? Because I said, I gotta hurt something and it might as well be me, amen? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, very rarely do I get that fired up, but I was fired up. And so I went to, a, a, I, went, I, I go to a, a retired senior pastor. He's 70 years old. There's nothing more dangerous than a retired pastor because they don't care anymore. And they just tell you the truth. <laughs> they got no congregation to please. They don't need to raise an offering. They will offend everything about you. <laughs> and so I'm in this meeting and his name's Pastor Kenton. And, I, and I, I don't know if he's watching, but I love you. Thank you. But he goes, do you want some advice? And the everything in me wanted to go, no, <laughs> no. And here's what he said. He said, my challenge to you as a pastor is that you would live out the grace that you challenge your church to have. And he said, your congregation will never live out grace until they see it and feel it and experience it from you. And I was like, He's right, isn't he? Parents, maybe the reasons your kids have no grace for you is you didn't have any grace for them raising them. Parents, can I, just, can I lovingly just say this? Maybe the reason your kids don't wanna go to church is because you've ripped the church every week that they attended. Why would your kids go to something that you say you love, but you act like you hate? Why do you do that? Peter says this in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. You see, some of you want a Bible study, but grace is the test. Did you learn anything today? Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior. And some of you are like, just give me the Bible. I'm giving you the Bible. You don't want the Bible. You don't want Jesus but Jesus wants you to find grace. To him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. And that word amen means true. Next, what we gotta do? Man, and I thought my last point was brutal. This is even worse. I was like, Lord, why did you give this to me? And you know why? Because I need to practice this just like you do. Speak words of grace to people filled with hate. Man, I was in Chipotle this last week. When's the last time you thanked them for making your burrito? You act like they're robots. Chicken, lettuce, tomato, no guac, no guac. You charge for that, no guac. I'm not paying for that. Would you just thank God anybody's cooking food, amen? Has anybody been to a restaurant lately? It's like a thousand hours. You have a birthday for next year when you're there. <laughs> but oh my gosh, have you noticed that Chipotle? Nobody even addresses the person preparing your food. Just say thanks. Thank you. Thank you for getting it right. Thank you for showing up to work today. I mean, why are you mad at them? You don't even have time to make your own food. Listen, speak words of grace to a world and to people full of hate. Man, instead of yelling, maybe just say, hey, 
I love you. I pray for you. And let me say this, every married couple, every fight would end if you took a second and just said, where can I put grace in this fight? Every fight would be over. And you're like, I'll get to grace right after I get to my point. <laughs> I met a couple in our church who got in a fight because it got so bad that the husband suggested they might need to pray. And she said, you've never said that before. And the fight got worse. I was like, wow. Like, Jesus, out of here. We're going to wrestle. <laughs> Speak words of grace to a person filled with hate. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Making the best use of your time. Now, listen to me. Some of you, you just, you just, pastor, facts don't care about feelings. Just say it the way it is. Let me tell you something. I don't need to convince you. I'm trying to convince the lost world. And I was telling Fredo this week that I've become somewhat a, a celebrity on TikTok. <laughs> I've gone viral, which I don't understand why that's a good thing. Maybe some young people can explain to me why going viral, like that's what COVID is, right? But, but I was telling him, you know, no matter how popular something goes on TikTok, there are always mockers. And I don't just watch the people who like it. And what they do is they do a split screen. And when I'm preaching, they go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the people that don't like it go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not trying to preach to people who agree. I'm trying to reach the ones who hate me. So listen to me. When I say something, I've got to say it in such a way that it doesn't just reach the choir. Most pastors just preach to the choir. And that's why the church shrinks every single day year but we got to preach to people who don't know how to sing who don't know the gospel making the best use of your time listen to this let your speech my speech always be gracious and i fail at this every day seasoned with salt salt is a preservative we do want to speak truth just in love some of you just want to speak truth so that you may know how to you ought to answer each person, each person. Did you know that almost every single letter in your New Testament begins with these words? Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul, he hurts some people, amen, when he writes some stuff, but he starts with grace. And then he goes just straight like MMA, but but he starts with grace. I wanna close with these words today. And it's a benediction that Paul gives to the church at Corinth. And they were a disaster, they were a mess. They were worse than the church in Galatians. And these are the words, it's 2 Corinthians 14, 13. It's not in your notes, because it's in my brain and in my heart. And this is what he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's a benediction. You see, we can't have fellowship with each other unless we have grace with Jesus. We can't experience the love of God unless we have the grace of Jesus. That's what we need, church. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. What's wrong with the world? We don't have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the church doesn't have it, the world can't get it. We have to have it to give it. 
Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as I pray that verse over you right now? Heavenly Father, I pray over every person that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ would be with them. Right now, just like as Pastor Fredo said, the last words in the entire Bible is may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I pray that every single person hearing this message experiences the grace from God that is only found in Jesus. God, I pray the love of God over all of us. The world is full of hate. God, fill us with your love right now. And God, send your Holy Spirit upon us. Give us the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We are not conservative. We are not liberal. We are not black. We are not white. We are not gay. We are not straight. We are the church of the living God. And we gather together because we have all found grace through Jesus. And that's what unites us. That's what drives us. And that's the only thing that saves us. Bless us with that today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.